Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every single one of you always for downloading and listening to the show. It's great to be back on board once again. Another wonderful victory for the Minnesota Vikings, who are once again back in sole possession of first place. What an amazing feel, feeling it is indeed. Segment number two, well, when we get to the NFC North roundup and NFL roundup, whatever it is, <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, NFC North-centric, but then I talk about other NFL banter around a bit. Um, but we'll talk about why the Vikings are in first place again, but you can guess why, especially if you were like not like in a cave on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> Wonderful turn of events there for the Vikings, ultimately, and kind of frustrating as well in some sections. But... A solid game for the Vikings today. Not the prettiest thing of all time, but at, this, but at the same time, when you look at the big picture here, not really any major category for the Vikings today was bad. It, it, it really wasn't. See, Blair Walsh, yeah, he missed a 51-yard field goal, and that was disappointing, but he made the next two, 39 and 29, or 29 and 39 in that order. So at least he made the other ones, and he made his extra points. That's nice. He's kind of inconsistent, kind of unreliable at times, and it can drive you absolutely crazy. But the running game was absolutely fantastic. I mean, Adrian Peterson was right back where he left off of the Oakland game. And again, some similarities to the Oakland game in this one. Not in every category, but a lot of the same figures. And then certain situations taking place right after the huge seal the deal type of play. Really cool. <laughs> oh, overall, Vikings defense is absolutely, uh, absolutely, utterly fantastic throughout the whole day. And Teddy Bridgewater, even though he had an interception and no touchdowns, his completion percentage of uh, 71% and everything, that's good. Not not the sexiest thing ever, but when you consider that, how many times Teddy Bridgewater had to throw the ball away today, uh, he didn't really have any inaccurate passes other than the interception he threw when the Vikings looked like they had something going, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll get back to that in a second as the two teams, again, at the beginning of the game, exchanged punts to start things off. Then the Vikings get a pretty strong drive going about midway through the second quarter, or first quarter. Still fairly early, I guess, in the first quarter. Fairly early, per se. Adrian Peterson was able to just pretty much simply get the ball forward. A couple of short gains, and then ultimately some longer ones. And then Bridgewater, really sharp, one play after another, completing passes. Kyle Rudolph really looks a lot better again. Bridgewater and Rudolph getting things going. That, that's exciting, and it's really a, a nice nice thing to see, ultimately, for the Vikings. Um, just a, a couple of incomplete passes, ultimately, but most of them, he was, again, throwing the ball away because he was constantly under pressure the entire day. And uh, a young guy in Bridgewater, when you consider... How, how weak the offensive line has been for the Vikings most of the year. And you consider his numbers at eight touchdowns, six interceptions on the season, 2,100 yards, quarterback rating 86.6. Um, it's not that bad when you consider the fact he's only in his second year and you have an offensive line that uh, has been struggling all year. And he's had to throw the ball away about 950 times. The guy's pretty doggone accurate when you consider a lot of those incompletions were what they were. Uh, just throwing the ball away intentionally. So that's a good sign for Teddy Bridgewater and the Vikings long term. Uh, but just a nice sustained drive for the Vikings. It took up a ton of time, about seven, eight minutes. Ended up wonderfully getting the Vikings into the end zone. But uh, at one point during the uh, 
during this drive, Stefan Diggs had made a he made a really nice catch that twirls the ball on the ground, dancing around. Falcon defenders getting pissed off, wanting to knock his block off, basically. And then you get you turn a sixteen yard gain into a fifteen yard penalty. It's like, oh, well, that's nice. Thank you very much. That got out a lot of people frustrated, but then others defending uh, Stefan Diggs in that situation. You'll hear about that in segment number three. Ultimately. The Vikings would overcome this this issue. Um, <laughs> more completions to Kyle Rudolph, or another completion to Kyle Rudolph, pardon me, and Bridgewater and such getting the job done, getting them forward. Adrian Peterson ultimately would, <laughs> would get the ball in from the goal line one yard. He barely got in, but he got in for his 98th career touchdown. Just an amazing, amazing season for Adrian Peterson when you consider... Uh, two years ago that he looked like he might have been on the decline a bit and then last year he had what you had Adrian it's definitely been a wonderful awesome surprise for the Vikings maybe he just needed that year off I guess I don't know I mean I guess it worked out ultimately just an amazing job by Adrian Peterson today he looked sharp most of the way not all of his gains were big but of course it's never going to be like that uh, at the end of the day um it really looked like this Vikings team was going to was gonna take a lead when they started continuing impressive drives. And then at the end of the day, you had Teddy Bridgewater throwing an interception in the end zone. This is, again, extreme, extremely similar to the game in Oakland. It looked like the Vikings were going to take a 14-0 lead. You had all this momentum on the Vikings' side, and then Bridgewater throws an interception in the end zone. Uh, he was trying to get the pass to uh, Kyle Rudolph. It looked like it was going to be kind of a slant type of play. So more of an underneath type of pass. He was trying to deke Ricardo Allen over to the left into the into the, into the, the center of the field or maybe even over into the left flat. He would have hoped for that. That would have been great. But unfortunately, Ricardo Allen did not bite at all. And Bridgewater didn't adjust and he, and he didn't sail the ball over Ricardo Allen where only uh, Kyle Rudolph could catch it. And Allen just intercepted the pass. He did his job, made a nice play, a big play for the Atlanta Falcons. And, of course, all the momentum went the Atlanta Falcons' way. It seemed like every single call, every single bounce of the ball was going Atlanta's way at that time. They built a little confidence. And the Falcons started moving and moving and moving down the moving the chains. Oh, man. <laughs> Matt Ryan was, was burning people here and there. Um, he was mostly targeting... Robert Blant in the entire game. That was the frustrating part, but ultimately the the Falcons would get a uh, field goal out of it after the Vikings were able to stop them. When it looked, I mean, the, the Falcons were in the Vikings' red zone, but they made a stand. The Vikings hung on, and Shane Graham hit his first field goal as a member of the Atlanta Falcons. This was his uh, first game with them after after being signed on Thanksgiving Day, and his, his father recently passed away. That's kind of a sad story. It happened just recently, this past week or so. Shane Graham on his 10th team here with the Atlanta Falcons, 31-yard field goal, and that's all he would get. That's that's the amazing part. That's what's so wonderful for the Vikings in this one. Uh, Kyle Rudolph and, and uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, though, seeing seeing some of that chemistry coming back again, that's really good news. Maybe ripping Kyle Rudolph on Purple Mafia was a huge uh, a boost for him, I guess, ultimately. That's the funny part. But um, this game, though, was, so, was just uh, such a fantastic showing by the Vikings defense when you consider the Falcons would be held to three points all the way until about four minutes left in the fourth quarter. 
Xavier Rhodes did a phenomenal job on Julio Jones the entire game, and I know Sebastian's going to be really happy to hear that, deflecting passes and such. I mean, you hold this offense, despite the fact they've been struggling of late. But when you have Roddy White, Julio Jones, who I think is a top two, top three receiver in all of football, um, Xavier Rose was just absolutely fantastic on him. Uh, Captain Munnerland all day, just a, just a great job. And then Terrence Newman, really huge. Uh, Munnerland and Newman, both with interceptions at key times. Just momentum swings for the Vikings. Ultimately, just saved the day for this team. How, how can you not be thrilled with the, the way things changed? Ultimately, with these two guys, you have... Uh, just a wonderful free agent signing and, and Terrence Newman. And then <laughs> you have the two linebackers and Anthony Barr, who I think was unbelievable today. One big play after another. He got a huge sack, making big tackles at key times and just throughout the game consistently. And you got Eric Kendricks, his college teammate, now NFL teammate. What an amazing uh, job Rick Steelman did the past two years here getting linebackers. Because remember, just recently... The Vikings at the linebacker position were awfully weak, and they were in a huge. They were just. It was a crisis for the most part. Chad Greenway was all by himself. Now Chad Greenway is is playing way better because the pressure is off, and plus he doesn't have to play as much with his with his uh, older age. And look how much better he's playing. Funny how that works. Really cool to see Chad Greenway stepping up. I know I've compared him to Ryan Suter in the past of the Minnesota Wild. Once you start limiting his minutes a little bit, bringing him down a little bit, and Chad Greenway, it's snaps. That's the term in the NFL, of course. And look how much better he's playing. I mean, just awesome. And uh, another huge note, when you consider the Vikings held the Atlanta Falcons to only three points when Harrison Smith wasn't even playing in the game. And then and then Anderson Dejo, say what you want about him, but... Well, he was like the he was the other starting safety at this point in time, and you have yeah you have Andron Exum Jr. and Robert Blanton, who basically is every quarterback's best friend for the most part, out there at safety. You thought the Falcons were going to win this game, but the Vikings got the job done anyway, holding them to three points for the longest time until a garbage time touchdown when huge plays <laughs> took place. We'll get to that here in a second. Um, it's. I didn't think the Vikings were going to win this game, though, the way things were turning in that in that uh, second quarter. Even though the Vikings had the lead going into halftime, it just didn't look good. But then the Vikings' defense continued to make big plays, huge plays. You had uh, Captain Munnerland with a un, with a huge interception when the Falcons were driving. It looked like they were going to uh, they were going to um, look like they were going to take a ten to seven lead. Next thing you know, there's an interception and the Vikings start to build some momentum. There was another huge play where Coleman, the running back of the Atlanta Falcons, was, he looked like he, he was gone, like he was loose. And then Anton Exum started to slow him down. And then Anthony Barr just simply punches the ball out of his hands and it's Viking ball. Unbelievable. Unfortunately, the Vikings wouldn't get all too much out of it. In fact, they wouldn't score at all. That was the frustrating part. But you just averted a touchdown. Another huge momentum swing. A seesaw battle, if you will. This entire game was a seesaw battle. Though, <laughs> you know, it's it's like I'm debating what to call this show. Deja vu, because how similar it was to the Oakland game. Barrier, because he was a... Antoine Barr was a huge barrier for the Atlanta Falcons in this game. Multiple humongous plays for uh, Anthony Barr in this one. Just a huge uh, momentum swing, ultimately. Uh, Falcons were nailed with a dumb penalty as well, as I'm almost forgetting to mention. Uh, on one of the drives, 
when they ultimately wound up with just that field goal. I mean, this was a huge moment here late in that second quarter, mid mid to late through the second quarter when Shane Graham got the field goal. Um, the Falcons were going to score a touchdown, and then there was a penalty on Ward of the Atlanta Falcons, ultimately, where he kicked uh, Eric Kendricks in the throat. That was pretty dumb. It was a 15-yard penalty, and then the Falcons would have to uh, settle Till for a field goal, that was a huge momentum swing as well. Thank God for that, right? I mean, uh, it was Terran Ward. Yeah, just a dumb play. He rushed for five yards and then kicks Eric Hendricks in the in the throat. Just dumb. What was he thinking? But thank you. Thank you, Terran Ward, and thank you for taking one for the team there, Eric Hendricks. Huge change there. Um, huge moments here and there. That was, that was on the Falcons, ultimately, but the Vikings defense as a whole was just fantastic throughout the entire game. Like I always say, Robert Blanton is a quarterback's best friend. Hit with nine total tackles in the game because, well, yeah. <laughs> Matt Ryan was throwing to him because Xavier Rhodes, Captain Munnerlyn, and and uh, and Terrence Newman were just absolutely unbelievable throughout the entire game. Just a wonderful, wonderful deal for the Vikings in this one. Matt Ryan was struggled most of the game because of that reason. One big momentum swing after another in this one. The Vikings taking advantage of situations. Then it looked like the Falcons were going to score again as the momentum continued to stay on their side. And then you had a huge interception in the end zone by Terrence Newman. Just a, a, a game-changing situation there. Just uh, left the Falcons speechless. Like, you got to be kidding. They were going to score a touchdown, intercepted in the end zone nearing the end of the, uh, or no, er- early in the third quarter, pardon me. Just a huge, huge play. changing, ch- Game-changing play by Newman, a lot like last week or uh, two weeks ago. This wasn't at the end of the game that sealed the deal, but it was a huge, huge <laughs> difference maker. It made the Falcons start to wonder, are we ever going to get in the end zone? That was the great part. And then later on, Captain Munderland would add another interception, keeping the Falcons <laughs> at bay, keeping them frustrated. Blair Walsh had had two more field goals. And then the Falcons would be driving, driving the ball down the field. <laughs> Hoping for the best. They're, they're only down by 10 points with like with like five minutes left in the game. I mean, things can change really easily here. Vikings were stopping the Falcons, get him down to fourth and one. Huge play. It's, it's only one yard. I mean, Falcons easily could get the first down here and keep things moving. But then Anthony Barr <laughs> comes in at Matt Ryan, knocks the ball out of his hands, and that was it. Turnovers on downs. And then the similarity to the Oakland game is Adrian Peterson had the ball, was, was given the ball and rushed he was loose, and that was it. Ball game, 20 to 30, 20 to 3, pardon me, with about four and a half minutes left in the game. And then the Falcons would add a quote-unquote garbage time touchdown. They finally got to double digits, and Matt Ryan was able to complete a pass for a touchdown. The Falcons would end up only getting 10 points. The Vikings got 20. Adrian Peterson, 99 touchdowns in his career, continuing to have an unbelievable season. Just unbelievable. I mean, I was hoping at, at his at his advanced age that Adrian Peterson would uh, would get like uh, maybe eleven to thirteen hundred yards on the season. He may be closer to eighteen hundred yards to two thousand ish. <laughs> this may at least be his second best season as a Minnesota Viking slash NFL player. Just an unbelievable season by Adrian Peterson. Though we did have a ridiculously awesome year with Brett Favre back in '09 when he had about eighteen hundred yards that year. And like I don't know how was it? Uh, he had an unbelievable year in there. Was it fifteen hundred yards and like eighteen touchdowns? Just ridiculous numbers by Adrian Peterson back in '09. With that, uh, obviously, with Favre <laughs> keeping the defense honest, because when they got to focus on Favre, they you know they got to focus on Adrian. They got to focus on Favre. You got to focus on Adrian. You get a problem there with your defense in that situation. So that was uh, the best of both worlds. 
Teddy Bridgewater, though, under pressure most of the day. He was in a lot of pain getting side, he got sideswipe in one of the situations. Um, he was not sacked once in the game, which uh, looks like a beautiful statistic and everything, but he was constantly being hurried, constantly being hit, constantly having to throw the ball away. And then with how many times he threw the ball away, and you consider he only had eight incompletions, and one of those is an interception, that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for poor passes. So, uh, again, it's like I'm defending Teddy Bridgewater with how sharp of a player he actually really is becoming. He's a lot better than people may, that some, that some people out there may think. He's a lot, he, I think he's a, he, at this stage, he's a, he's a game manager capable of making big plays. And then the next step is he's a legitimately above average quarterback. He's closer to that than people may want to admit at this stage. Because, um, well, I mean, the, the misreads and back and forth with Mike Wallace is frustrating and crazy. But at least Wallace was able to draw a pass interference penalty. That was wonderful and fantastic for all of us. Thank God that that took place. But at least uh, <laughs> but at least Bridgewater was able to complete as many passes as he did in the game. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard for a running back to or for a quarterback to have good numbers when he, he, can't, he doesn't really have a whole lot of time. And conveniently, when he does have time, Nobody's open, and and that's, a, again, a huge frustration. But Bridgewater with a really, really nice uh, showing, I think, overall, even though his numbers don't really reflect that, and that's a huge shame. Matt Ryan continues to struggle in big games. He had a, he had a really good game. In fact, the best big game he ever had was the biggest game he ever was in. So lucky for him, he did have that going when it was Atlanta versus San Francisco. But other than that, because <laughs> obviously he was just plagued with a uh, probably a weak call, pass inter- offensive pass interference call in the final play of the NFC title game in 2012. But other than that, Matt Ryan, not clutch in big games. He's really not been, and the Falcons needed this game like they needed to breathe, and they did not win the game. This game had all the momentum, uh, or had, had all the, uh, the capabilities of being a huge 180 for either team. Luckily, it went on the Vikings side here. Just an unbelievable good turn of events for the Vikings. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons would be would would have uh, would have really really turned the tide here in a huge way if they beat the Vikings today, because then you drop Minnesota to seven and four. Atlanta would be seven and four. They would have the tiebreaker against the Vikings. So think about that situation. The Vikings at best would be in the sixth seed spot for the NFC. Now, well, we're number two, I guess, pretty much, or number one, number two. We're basically there with Arizona right now. I think I think we have a slight lead over Arizona, and we're going to be playing them fairly soon. You get Seattle coming up next week. That'll be in segment number two, talking about that. Awesome. Very, very fascinating uh, goings on here for the Vikings. Adrian winding up with 158 yards today. Jarek McKinnon showing his value to be a possible starting running back later on, despite his lack of size, winding up at 33 yards and only five rushes. A nice little 10-yarder in there. His quickness, his ability. I I think he could be a starting running back someday. And then you add the the thunder and lightning deal with uh, Matt Asiata and Jarek McKinnon. It wasn't as bad last year as as some people would say, and other people liked it a lot. I thought it was okay, but then you had Adrian Peterson being a Terrell Davis slash type of, well, elite Adrian Peterson level. Wow, just uh, <laughs> just a huge, huge boost for this team, and that's a huge reason why this team is eight and three right now, along with a defense that just makes play after play after play after play after play. Let's end with that note. Uh, Fran Tarkenton Award is going to go to Anthony Barr, without a doubt. He deserves it, even though there's honorable mentions of Adrian Peterson just just moving the ball forward, carrying this offense on his back the way he does, and that huge play after the uh, after the the 
the stoppage by Anthony Barr and such. And then another honorable mention, Terrence Newman, continuing to be absolutely fantastic, making big plays, deflecting multiple passes, and an interception in the end zone again. Just a value off the charts. Christian Powder Memorial, I guess by default it's going to have to go to Robert Blanton for, uh, well, he got beat many times out there. It it just kind of is what it is. And Antoine Exum Jr., I think, had his best showing as a Viking today. He was absolutely, he, he he was very, very good to be quite honest. And up, up to this point, he had been below average, basically. A below average player, very unimpressive. But today, he, he held his own out there against a pretty dangerous offense. A pretty dangerous offense. You got Roddy White and Julio Jones and, and others out there. But the, he held his own in a situation when you thought the Vikings could have been absolutely screwed when you have such a <laughs> you have such a deadly pass offense, potentially deadly pass offense, when you don't have a you don't have a, a starting safety on the field anymore. I mean, you know, no Harrison Smith, Sandejo's barely a starter, but you get the idea. You have to have Robert Blanton in there again with uh, Anton Exum Jr. Kind of scary, but great job, just an overall fantastic job by the Vikings defense. Anthony Barr will get the uh, Fran Tarkington Award due to much of your delight, indeed. So let's call it a break here. Let's call it a segment, and we'll be come back for segment number two after this. Do you shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. We are going And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, NFC North slash NFL Roundup, and of course, a preview for the Seattle Seahawks, Sea Chickens, whatever you want to call them next week. Hmm. I'm looking at the score of the game they play today. It's kind of, hmm, hmm. That's going to be interesting They're right there. Really important game coming up. So let's bounce around a little bit. Ugh, much to my chagrin and all of you haters out there, and I don't understand the hate. I don't. I don't understand it. Or maybe it's not even hate. It's just like a, oh, you know, I just want Denver to win. You know, ah, Denver beat New England. You know what? Screw you. All right. <laughs> Screw you. You want, you, you're really, you're really happy about it. Are you happy now? Okay. The Patriots are not going to be undefeated, but that's, that's, that's all the better. Cause then the pressure's off. Um, but then again, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, <laughs> excuse me, the Vikings are back in Super Bowl contention, so maybe I shouldn't uh, get too excited about the Patriots just yet. There's only one team that I would cheer uh, cheer against the Patriots, and that's the Vikings. So if the Vikings somehow do make it to the Super Bowl, which would be absolutely fantastic and wonderful, yeah, I'll cheer against the Patriots. But until that happens, I'm cheering for the Patriots to win the damn thing again. <laughs> Why not? You know, we all have our favorite team in this conference and that conference, and that's absolutely you're right. Just like anybody that might bash me for liking the Patriots in the AFC, 
Well, okay, that's that's nice. Well, then you like this team, you like that team. That's that's terrific. I'm not bashing anybody. Only when only when when you when when your team beats beats the team I like. That's that's when I might bash you a little bit or just needle you. Okay, so thirty to twenty four. That game went to overtime. The Patriots forced overtime in a snowy day, which that's probably, I believe that's the system that's heading this way right now. We got the prequel right now in the morning here, Monday morning. It's, that's when this show is getting uploaded shortly. But obviously, you're listening already now. Um, but <laughs> yeah, they got like the the big one that's coming in the Monday afternoon, Tuesday, all that stuff. So yeah, that's for us here in the Twin Cities anyway, Twin Cities and southern, northern, well, southern areas of Minnesota as well. Uh, Washington Redskins with a huge victory over the New York Giants, putting them in first place in the NFC East. That's a pretty big surprise right there. Five and six. So this year, the NFC East is the is the is the division with the team with a non-winning record. Every year there's a team like that. Last year was the NFC South with the 7-9 Carolina Panthers who not surprisingly beat the battered and torn up uh, Arizona Cardinals who this year look like they're going to win that uh, AFC West running away or so I'd like to believe. I really would like to believe that. Miami Dolphins, I don't know man. Every single time you think they're ready to turn the corner, they're finally getting things going. Something happens again. New York Jets pound them today thir- or yesterday, thirty-eight to twenty, and now they fired their offensive coordinator. They already fired the head coach. Now their offensive coordinator is gone. Oh boy, Miami can't get it straight. They're they're, they're kind of like the Detroit Lions of the uh, AFC right now, I guess. I mean, just kind of a mess. Though, so look at Detroit. <laughs> look at Detroit. Talk about that in a second. Cincinnati pounding St. Louis, thirty-one to seven. They continue to be pretty good, nine and two record, which what the Vikings should be. For, for multiple reasons during the course of the season. You could have picked up multiple games there. Denver, um, San Francisco, and maybe even Green Bay, but yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Arizona took care of San Francisco. They're, they're rolling. Arizona is rolling. They're winning that division. They're 9-2. and two. Good for them. Can't get to Seattle yet. Kansas City keeps winning and winning, and they're hanging on. But Denver, obviously, beating... Uh, uh, um, Denver beating New England, they're still they're still winning that division outright. They're nine and two now. Can't believe that. Crazy that Denver's managed to survive. But then again, maybe Peyton Manning was just holding them back because the defense and the running game were what were carrying that team. A lot of what's going on here. But hey, don't sleep on Teddy because he, he he's got big playability. Houston's actually doing really good. They might sneak in the playoffs, being New Orleans twenty four to six, really playing well right now. Oh, Carolina. <laughs> Holly Bird out there, boy oh boy! If you're if you happen to be listening, thirty three fourteen, Holly Bird, oh thirty three and fourteen. Yeah, she's a Viking fan and she's a Seahawks fan and she's a a Atlanta Hawks fan. She's a Tampa Bay Bucks fan and she's really a Carolina fan. I guess she likes them more than even Seattle, but uh, or or does she? I think she does. She's in love with Cam Newton. They're eleven and zero, and yay! Now you have the best record in football officially with the Patriots losing yesterday. Pounding the Dallas Cowboys, Tony Romo on Thanksgiving Day had nothing to be thankful for. Nothing. He was the Thanksgiving turkey, broken bones, all that. Uh, that sucks. Uh, I feel for uh, for him I, 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 a little bit. I know a lot of people were making fun of it and the Cowboys and everything. Tony Romo, well, yeah, he's not very clutch. He's kind of like Matt 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 uh, Ryan a bit, like a little older version of Matt Ryan. For the Dallas Cowboys, can't really win big games. They were kind of screwed anyway. They're three and seven, but you know Carolina snuck into the playoffs that way in a similar division last year. So maybe I should be quiet. But that pretty much has shoveled the six feet 
for the Dallas Cowboys, without a doubt. <clears throat> Almost going to get to the NFC North. Oh, yeah, there's the other one. But, yeah, Oakland beats Tennessee by only three points, 24 to 21. I guess they're not serious. I, I don't know. I, I kind of wanted to see them come out and win that division or sneak in the playoffs in the uh, in AFC uh, West, but it's not going to happen. They're, they're, they're not serious. You, you, you only beat Tennessee by three points. Come on. And yes, it's in Tennessee, but come on. San Diego, another bad game. San Diego beats uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville is pretty much dead, too. San Diego's already dead. I don't know what happened to that team. There's so much talent there. But pretty much ever since they lost to Minnesota, it's been hell on earth for them. Don't know really what to say about that. Tampa Bay, Indianapolis, 25-12. to 12. Indianapolis over Tampa Bay. They're staying alive and winning their division still. We're happy for them. Um... The Brown Bowl is tonight, Monday Night Football, Cleveland, Ohio, hosting the Baltimore Ravens, enter crickets. And I still don't have a cricket soundbite. I have all these other soundbites of Zelda and Mario and Mega Man and all that because I've been adding Zelda soundbites as well. I, did, I, don't, I, I may put a Zelda one, I think, in the next one. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, all these NES games. <laughs> That's just how I roll. Turtles 2, the arcade game, all the NES games. Uh... I still don't have a cricket sound effect, but that's pretty much the Brown Bowl tonight. The Cleveland Brown Bowl. Baltimore, a lot of people had them winning the Super Bowl this year. And boy, mm, some years it just doesn't work out. And this is that year for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure. I would hope and pray to God that um, John Harbaugh is safe. Uh, he's got to be one of the best coaches in football. I, I, no way. If you fire John Harbaugh, you're crazy. And he's a bit more mentally stable than Jim Harbaugh, even though Jim Harbaugh, I think, is a great coach as well. Oh, as I keep to bounce around. But that's what this segment is. This is a free-flowing segment, baby. And if you don't like it, well, doggone it. You, please do like it. And I'm already forgetting what I was going to announce. Uh, I think that's the, yeah, that's the end of the non-NFC North game. So before I get into the NFC North roundup and then the preview, which is the very final game I'll talk about, uh Purple Mafia, which I should have mentioned at the beginning, but I'll mention now, <laughs> is now available on Stitcher. It is finally available on Stitcher. At long last. At long last. And you know what? It probably could have been easier than it wound up being. I don't know. They were being difficult a while back. And then we kind of got bored and gave up and forgot about it. We just kind of stopped pushing the fight. and They, they, they didn't respond anymore it was real weird I, I don't know what happened like dylan was trying and then i just got i just got like this itch the other night i was mad like last week right before uh well yeah like like monday night last week i think it was i just got mad and i'm like i said you know what screw this i'm tired of all these other shows getting getting uh getting like popping up and and taking and trying to take over the purple mafia minnesota vikings podcasting market this is mine damn it i've been here the longest you know, that, I'm sure you're free to come in and have your show, but, and then I saw all of them on Stitcher, and it's like, wait a minute, hey, whoa, and then I got mad and went on, and boom, I, I got it immediately, so, okay, it, it worked out just fine, God bless, <laughs> thank God for that, so, let's talk about the NFC North Roundup, I had to get that out, um, save that one right now, Detroit, Philadelphia, that was a Thanksgiving day, Detroit always hosts Thanksgiving, and Good on them. It's always Detroit and Dallas hosting games on Thanksgiving, and they have that big turkey trophy. And uh, usually, well, see, yeah, see, this year Dallas was the Thanksgiving turkey in a big way, where they they used to be kind of the big name team. Yeah, the big bad Cowboys, man. How about them Cowboys at Thanksgiving? 
and then Detroit would always be the little pin cushion. They'd have, they'd have a Thanksgiving Day game every year, and they'd always suck and they'd lose and all that. But then, but then they'd have a couple of good years. Right now, that team is kicking some butt. 30, uh, 45 to 14. They celebrated Thanksgiving in a very positive way. Backs against the wall. No tomorrow. Clichégometer at the millions right now. <laughs> Detroit Lions four and seven, and in heaven as they beat the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. They're four and seven. They're dead. They're absolutely dead, and Chip Kelly's probably done. No defense, no offense. They suck. Yep, that's a line stolen from. That's an inside joke. My goodness, I mean Philadelphia got their second touchdown after Detroit was up forty-five to seven. So go figure. Matthew Stafford had the game of his life. Just had a lot of fun out there. Five touchdowns, three hundred and thirty-seven yards. Completion percentage, 71%. Quarterback rating, 137.8. And what's noticeably missing for Matthew Stafford in this game? It's an interception. He didn't throw an interception. Oh, my God. It's possible. Matthew Stafford did not include the interception in his in his, in his, in his box score or his, his game log, whatever you want to call it. He finally got through a game without an interception. Well, it's Chip Kelly's uh, Philadelphia Eagles and their defense. <laughs> DeMarco Murray, well, of course he's not going to get any yards because because they, they can't run the ball when they're down. So you got to keep passing. And Mark Sanchez, in all in all, in, in all respect, had a pretty good game, but he was on his back six times, six tackles or sacks in the game. Was hurried more than that, to be quite honestly. This game was the kind of game you watch it and you start to kind of doze off, or you start to kind of get, you start to kind of glaze your eyes, glaze, and you keep watching. You glaze, you watch, you glaze, and it's forty-five to what now? <laughs> what? 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 Oh, well, go Detroit, I guess. Um, they were one and seven. They're three and seven, or four and seven now. Good on them. Their last loss was to Minnesota. We looked like we buried them pretty much. Now they're looking awfully good. Congratulations to the Detroit Lions. They continue to roll. We'll see what happens coming into the next week here. Hmm. It's going to be quite interesting. But Chicago keeps winning, too. <laughs> yeah, Chicago keeps winning, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, go Chicago Bears, huh? 17-13, to 13, Lambeau Field, Thanksgiving Day. Happy Thanksgiving, Wisconsin. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, happy Thanksgiving, Wisconsin. And I know how uh, Dylan likes to call the Green Bay Packers the, uh, yeah, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers. He likes to call them the Packers. They're 7-4. and four. They're a game behind the Minnesota Vikings, despite the fact they own the tiebreaker. And the Vikings have to win in Lambeau to, well, regain a tie in the, um, in the head-to-head matchup. Divisional matchup, the Vikings are going to win that thing the way we're going because the, uh, the, uh, the, the overall tiebreaker at that point would belong to Minnesota because we would have the better divisional record. Green Bay sucks at home against division teams this year, which is great, which means we need to take care of business in the final game of the season and win the NFC North this year. Doesn't mean we will, but we need to. Aaron Rodgers struggled, but it's not just his fault. See, statistically, it looks like Aaron Rodgers had the worst numbers ever, but his receivers can't catch. They, they just can't. And, and Jordy Nelson's, well, conveniently out for the out for the year. Conveniently for us, anyway. Uh, Eddie Lacy fumbled the ball, even though he did eclipse the hundred yard mark. He's kind of kind of back. He's he's been playing well. He did really well last week. Did good against Chicago, but mm, <laughs> they can't catch. Uh, Randall Cobb was okay. Devontae Adams, I, I, what the hell? I mean, what the hell? Couldn't they couldn't? Uh, Aaron Rodgers couldn't complete a pass to this guy. He just couldn't get it done. Targeted eleven times. He cut the ball twice. 
Target 11 times. He caught the ball twice. Yeah, I'm, I'm repeating myself. Broken record, all that. But you know what? I, I'm sorry. That that was too surprising for me to not say it twice. I, I, I Okay. And then James Jones. How, how many times is he targeted? Six. How many times did he catch the ball? Yeah, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting, James. James, catch the ball. Why the hell did James Jones look like Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, and and uh, Kelvin Johnson against the Vikings? Why? Why does it always have to be that way? Why? Why? Why did the 49ers look like Jim Harbaugh was, was still a coach? Why? And, and and it was their like one of their twelve and four type of seasons, thirteen and three, whatever. When they were just an awesome football team, they were my favorite. They they they're still my favorite NFC team besides the Vikings. To be fair, San Francisco, Minnesota, New England, San Francisco will always be the big three for me. And then after that, well, I mean, yeah. And then if you have to pick a second favorite NFC North team, it's always going to be Chicago. Because why would I cheer for Detroit and Green Bay? Hell no. <laughs> um. Look at the picks on, on Yahoo. 94% of the planet picked, or well, the planet, the, the Yahoo planet picked the Green Bay Packers to win this game. <laughs> the Bears got it done. Green Bay just... It, it, Chicago's defense is good, to be fair. John Fox is the reason Denver Bron- the Denver Broncos have a good defense, along with good, a good defensive coordinator, too, and Dan Quinn. It's a good combination. Now he's, now he's off coaching elsewhere. Um, <laughs> but sorry for that noise. But... Uh, for uh, Chicago, I mean, but for Green Bay to struggle as much as they did, boy, I mean, John Fox's team, the defense is improving. They're continuing to develop. They're a better team than people want to give them credit, apparently. Jay Cutler is actually playing like a like a decent quarterback now. He's not a complete idiot anymore, and good on him. Um, the, the Bears, starting next season, could be a, a significant threat in the NFC North, possibly. Not to be like a great team or anything, but they're a threat. I mean, who... <laughs> A nine and seven team is a threat if that's what they end up being. They they might be nine and seven this year the way this season is going. A huge huge victory for the for the Chicago Bears could catapult them into some something here. They they might end up competing with Green Bay for second place or or whatever. Uh, if Minnesota hopefully runs away with this thing, but again we're gonna have a hell of a time doing that with the upcoming schedule. If we do it great, we'll have greatly greatly earned it and. Good, honest, if we do. I pray to God we do. So let's get to that hard road that's coming up. Um, Chicago Green Bay, though, just a wonderful, wonderful day, ultimately. Nothing better than seeing Aaron Rodgers with that interception late in the game and the big, giant (laughs) F-bomb. Reminds me very well of when Brett Favre struggled in the Metrodome in 1998 with the Green Bay Packers. They knew they weren't going to win the division that year in that game. It was like about, was it late November that year? One of the most wonderful, one of the most wonderful days ever. I mean, the Vikings were just running away with the division that year. Favre was just irate. They they just been to the Super Bowl for second the second year in a row. It's like wow. They, I mean, if they're going to get to the Super Bowl, they'd have to go through the road. And San Francisco got the job done that year. Let's get to the upcoming game here: Seattle Seahawks, Sea Chickens, noon game coming up TCF Bank Stadium. It's going to be snowy at that point. Well, actually, it's going to be warming up, which hmm, it's going to be kind of Seattle-like. So, uh, I don't know. Rematch of the Super Bowl about literally 10 years ago, the, the 2005 season. Uh, 10 years ago, Seattle Seahawks and Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers won with uh, Bill Cowher winning his first Super Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger, a very young guy at the time. 
Mr. Uh, Jerome Bettis playing his very last game in his home city of Detroit, Michigan. The Seattle Seahawks got the win this time around in CenturyLink Field with 70,000 people in attendance. Good Lord. Pittsburgh Steelers were doing well. They were doing well enough, but they didn't win the game. No, they just didn't. Uh, D'Angelo Russell had a good game overall. He, he just continues to, uh, who am I saying? D'Angelo Williams continues to be a good uh, a good running back overall, but then again, didn't really rush the ball very much. They pretty much focused on the passing game the whole day. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, I don't know. I mean, either Seattle's defense isn't quite what it was, or Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh, or the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is just way too pass-centric, particularly in this game. I don't know. It's kind of a confusing overall, confusing game for me overall. I, I I don't know where these numbers came from. I mean, Pittsburgh and Seattle? What is this? What is this? I mean, almost 500 yards passing with Roethlisberger, but the two interceptions, and well, you know, that's not surprising with a secondary like Seattle. We all know Mr. Big Mouth over there, and then you got Chancellor, and you got other really good cornerbacks. You have a good defensive line with Michael Bennett and such in Seattle. You got Marshawn Lunch. Or I, <laughs> I'm here so I don't get fined. That's basically what he is. But then you have Russell Wilson, who's obviously a decent quarterback, passing for five touchdowns. He had basically a perfect game out there. Yikes! Seventy percent completions, three hundred forty-five yards, hundred and yeah. His quarterback rating was about one forty-eight. What the hell is this? And yes, Pittsburgh Steelers' defense is not as good, but boy, uh, Seattle knowing their backs against the wall scares the hell out of me right now. That That's pretty good. Um, ooh, uh, it scares the crap out of me when you look at that. Doug Baldwin, another big mouth jackass, a-hole, POS. I can't stand him. Oh, after that Packer game last year, regardless how much you hate the Packers, how can you root for this team with these big mouths, these cocky SOBs? I can't stand them. Uh, you know, <laughs> and I'm a big Christian, but I think Russell Wilson is a little bit of a drama queen with, with all this crying and tears and all that stuff. You know what? You won a football game. You didn't. You didn't save. Uh, you didn't save thousands of lives. You know, with, with with a miracle. I'm sorry. You didn't part the Red Sea or anything. Okay. You you didn't escape Egypt. So, <laughs> uh, Russell, so calm down a little bit. Uh, now I'm bouncing everywhere. But Seattle, they're staying alive, and they're what they are. Seattle won the Super Bowl, a lot like Green Bay. Basically won the Super Bowl one year and then came back and barely lost the next year against a team that I thought was, that a lot of people did think was better. They got it done, just like when the Denver Broncos got it done against Green Bay many years ago now, 20 freaking years ago almost. Mm. But um, this Seattle team does scare me. I mean, all these familiar names, uh, they're... Uh, what's his name has not been playing. Oh, what's his name, Mister <laughs> Mister Marshawn Lynch? I'll be due to injury. Thomas Rawls still wound up with eighty-one yards and respectable numbers, about four yards a carry and a touchdown. Consistency with this guy—he's basically the classic number two running back. Consistent, um, and I know Adrian Peterson generally has been consistent as well. But he's but th- this year he's had a lot of he's looses, and that's what a superstar running back is capable of doing—is breaking loose. Uh, the status for Marshawn Lynch is unknown at this point in time, but Seattle, this scares me because their back is up against the wall, and and they know it. Yet at the same time, they're probably gonna, they're probably, they probably still could easily make the playoffs because Atlanta. I don't think they're serious. 
I really don't think Atlanta's serious. They couldn't get anything done against the Vikings. And yes, the Vikings defense is really good, but still, that is a good offense. They should have, they should have managed more than what they did. Like the, the Vikings offense should have been better than, than, than it was as well. That probably should have been a higher scoring game. Like Minnesota 27, Atlanta 21, something like that. 28, 21, something like that. But the Vikings winning, of course, with an interception in the end zone and, both cases, that's not going to help your 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 point totals. That's for sure. Your offensive production. Um, this game scares me a bit. I mean, I'm I'm glad it's here. That does help. Seattle only got to uh, Ben Roethlisberger twice, though. That's the good news. Um, Michael Bennett was Michael Bennett. You know, he he managed only two tackles in the game, two assist tackles overall. And yeah, obviously you can't just go off of one game, but it was an impressive game for the offense. Seattle's not really been the same team this year. I mean, they gave up 34 points to St. Louis, 27 to Green Bay. They lost to Green Bay pretty significantly, and then Aaron Rodgers did his little snide thing, making fun of uh, Russell about that. Uh, they lost to Cincinnati and Carolina. Well, okay, those are teams with really good records. And then they pounded San Francisco, and they barely beat Dallas. I, I don't know. Lost to Arizona in a wonderful game there. Showed their vulnerability. And the good news about that one is that um, Arizona won that one in Seattle. That, that's extremely impressive. That does show that the team is vulnerable. But since then, Seattle's kind of gone crazy. And they were kind of going crazy in that Arizona game. They still got 32 points. And then 29-39 against Pittsburgh. Yeah, 29 against San Francisco, which is believable. Coming to Minnesota, it's going to be an interesting clash of two teams here. And... Hopefully the Vikings can protect home field. Uh, Michael Bennett's got six and a half sacks on the year. Not quite the numbers that he's he's done in the past necessarily. And then overall the uh, the <laughs> the cornerbacks of of Seattle. You got Richard Sherman and Chancellor. Chancellor's a safety. Uh, they both got interceptions in the game. Yeah, I may have sounded a bit distracted there for a second. I was realizing the wrong microphone was set again, and that's two two shows out of the last three. I really apologize. That was for the second segment here. I I don't know what happened. I bumped something that screwed things up here. So I do deeply apologize for that. And where I where I was going was yeah. I mean, you had two interceptions, both Cam Chancellor and uh, Richard Sherman with interceptions on on Roethlisberger. And then Landry Jones also came in through four passes and two interceptions. So Seattle with four interceptions in the game, ultimately. Uh, Pittsburgh, what what a mess. They just screwed this thing up. And, of course, the injuries. Jeremy Lane taking the ball 54 yards. Richard Sherman returning at 26. Seattle's defense, well, and the way Teddy Bridgewater's been struggling a bit. And the offensive line, those are just going to be massive keys in this game. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater needs to be protected, and he also needs to protect the football. They really need to hope and pray this Seattle defense doesn't go Teddy Bridgewater into multiple interceptions in this game, because if that's the case, we're going to lose the game. It might be a high-scoring, entertaining effort. You might see Adrian Peterson go off for a lot. You might see Adrian get nothing in this one, because the front line of Seattle is no joke. I mean, D'Angelo Williams only ran the ball eight times in the game. Roethlisberger ran five. But that's just a quarterback running the ball in desperation because nobody's open. That's basically what that was. Or just rushing for a short first down. Oh, boy. It's not going to be an easy game. Again, protect the quarterback, protect the football. If uh, the Vikings are able to do that, they'll definitely win the football game. Um, this is a this is the, this game is on Bridgewater. Uh, it really is. Um, every game is different. This one's on Bridgewater. You hope and pray you can establish somewhat of a run in this game. And if you do, boy, are we in business. <laughs> then you don't have to worry as much. But I don't think it's going to be that easy, unfortunately. I, I really don't. 
that, that's my my great fear because this was a close game. It's not like uh, Pittsburgh couldn't couldn't run the ball. It's not like they're trailing the whole game. They they trailed. They trailed most of the way, but they led for a while, too. They led at times in the first half, led in the second half a little bit. Actually, they, yeah, led for a very brief time in the second half. But um, Seattle's passing game, a bit scary. You hope. Th- See, this is the thing. The hope is it's really Teddy Bridgewater being able to protect the football and, of course, the Vikings' defense. The Vikings' defense able to contain Russell Wilson to not allow him to, to have such a field day here. And the good news is the Vikings secondary has been downright fantastic of late. And, and Mike Zimmer's defense has just been really, really great for the past several weeks. So that, that's the good news. That's the hope that the Vikings can win this game. Seattle being their back against the wall does scare me. We, we've seen what they've done in the past in that situation. So either way, this is going to be a serious dogfight, I think, coming in. Bridgewater hopefully is going to be able to put up some nice numbers in this one. It's really tough to predict. Uh, Seattle's defense the past several years now has been phenomenal. Fantastic. Not several. The past four years or so has been downright fantastic. And it's goaded players into, it's goaded Vikings quarterbacks into pick sixes, notably Christian Ponder. Um, Bridgewater's not Ponder, but he's not perfect. And Roethlisberger threw interceptions against them. Rodgers threw interceptions against them. I mean, it's... If Bridgewater has multiple interceptions in the game, I don't think the Vikings will win unless something spectacular happens like kickoff touchdowns or a pick six is the other way against Russell Wilson. That's the hope. I mean, that's the hope. Get turnovers on Seattle and try, try just hope and pray because Russell Wilson is prone to mistakes. I don't think he's going to throw five touchdowns and 350 yards again. I, I just don't see that happening against Mike Zimmer's defense. Um, that's the good news. Pittsburgh doesn't have the defense they used to. They, they don't. Um, that's the hope. Get some tur- get a turnover or two or even more would be really nice. But really, that's how you beat Seattle is to go Wilson into mistakes. Because if, if Wilson's going to have a field day, Seattle's going to win the game. And of course, Bridgewater, the turnovers, would, 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 would we, the Vikings would lose the game without a doubt. So this segment's running really, really long. So let's get to a prediction. I apologize that I went a bit too long probably in the NFL part. I might want to cut that shorter in the future. This show's probably going to be a little bit long again. i got to cut that out now. Bad habits are starting to come back. Um, and plus having that bad microphone on Stitcher. Oh, I, that sucks. So with that, ultimately, I will pick a Minnesota victory uh, in good faith. This is in good faith, knock on wood. <laughs> I think the Vikings are going to score some points in this game. I think they'll score enough. It's going to be a scary kind of game, though. 28-24, Minnesota's going to win the game, possibly with a late drive or a pick six, some, something crazy. Maybe a he's loose at the last second, but I think something dramatic will happen at the end where the Vikings will win the day at the end. But it's going to be a scary one, I think. Very scary. I think Seattle will be winning the game for an ex- uh, extended period of time, but the Vikings will win at the end. Maybe Stefan will dig us out. It'll be something something like that. Something clutch, something beautiful, or just a huge mistake by Russell Wilson of some sorts. There it is. 28-24. Minnesota wins over Seattle. 9 and nine and 3 will be the Vikings in Seattle. It'll be 6 and 6 and they'll be against it big time. And I hope they are. Damn it. I, w- I want Seattle out of here. That's the last team you want to see rising up in the postseason. Really, seriously. We don't want to see them at all. So there you go. That's it. We'll be back for the fan interaction. You're going to hear multiple calls from Brent Jacobson right after this.
Yeah, this message is for Joey and Purple Mafia. Brief rehash of the border battles. We'll discuss. Um, the witch has called in after the game. And I was looking at the game and I was just beat. But nonetheless, if that's why it kind of stew and digest for a day or two, here's my take. Yeah, we got outplayed, which sucks. The pass interference against humans is questionable, but it's unfortunate, I have to say. Yeah, I think if Rogers has enough equity that he and his side are just to call. Oh, pretty much no matter what. If it's close. The roughing the passer against Joseph, you know, my take was it was close. Therefore, er, it was cl- close enough that the refs are going to err on the side of protecting Rodgers. Lastly, the Atlanta game. You know, my take is we should have be able to beat them dirty birds, but we'll have to patch up the holes we that were exposed by the by Trailer Park by the Trailer Park Bay Packers. Okay, anyways, uh, oh, keep up the good work, Joey. E Skull Vikings and beat the damn dirty birds. Hey, Joey and Purple Mafia, Brent here. Not the prettiest of wins, but hey, it's a win. Skull Vikes. Seattle then Arizona, that would be tough. Seattle will probably be a good physical street fight style football game. And then um, Arizona, same story. And just, what, four or five days apart? That would be tough, but hey. We're in first. Ha ha, Packers. There's, anyways, Skull Vikes. Keep up the good work, Joe. And, man, what a fun season this is. Can't wait to see what happens the next couple of weeks. I'll make, try to make a call, oh, before six-ish. Next Sunday, we'll see. No, no guarantees. Okay, so later, man. Bye. Hey, thank you very much for those calls, Brent. Always nice to hear from you. The, the, for some reason, I, I don't know what happened with the first one. It seemed like you got maybe you got too close to the phone or something. I don't know. So the audio was it was kind of hard to hear. So I apologize for some of you out there that maybe you couldn't hear it too good. But basically, a lot of a lot of the things, uh, a lot of frustrations in that Packer game, close calls and such that maybe that just kind of went the Packers' way. And Rogers is going to get certain calls, like the bump on uh, the bump from Linval Joseph. Stuff like that, yes, it is to be expected. It's frustrating to watch, though, without a doubt. And it sucks that the Vikings ended up losing to the Packers, despite the fact that uh, <laughs> the Bears came and took care of business in Lambeau Field instead. So maybe we'll just have to 
turn the tide and win in Lambeau Field just like the other division teams and the Packers will be swept at home this year. Wouldn't that be great, Brent? <laughs> That'd be freaking awesome. Nice call there, absolutely. And then, um, yeah, mostly, yeah, you didn't, you know, like he didn't talk too much about the Atlanta game other than we basically how we got the job done and then more focused on the fact that the schedule, you know, it's not going to be easy. We're going to be playing the, the NFC West a bit more here with the, let's see, we've already played San Francisco, lost. We beat St. Louis pretty well. And then now you got Seattle and Arizona coming up. Arizona is a potential game, uh, not too not too far away now. A potential game that could have a huge uh, in, uh, in, huge implications for ultimately getting that that uh, first round by if the Vikings end up winning the division. And yeah, you don't want to get too caught up in oh my god playoff positioning. But then again, yeah, you kind of do. You need to. <laughs> you need to focus on that no matter what. And obviously, again, I mean, it's no guarantee it's going to happen. But at the same time, you hope that the Vikings can win that game. And obviously, it's all in the here and now and such. That's a really important game for the Vikings when it comes to making, not only making the playoffs, but obviously getting a first-round bye, which would be absolutely huge. You get home field advantage, but then possibly... If wonderful things happen, you go all the way to the NFC Championship game, you'd probably end up playing in Carolina. That's that's not going to be easy. But, well, the Vikings have won there before, and their road record has been pretty damn good. Best road record in a long time, at least since 1998. Really cool. Really cool, without a doubt. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens at Seattle, though. That, that's the first one. First things first, got to take care of business there. Not only, I mean, yeah, this is an opportunity, just like the Green Bay game, to, to, to bury a team. Put the put the foot on the throat. Like let's let's be the team that vanquishes Seattle uh, at least for this season. That would be really nice. Again, six losses does not guarantee they're out of the postseason, but it it really hurts their chances, and they're not going to be winning the division with a seven and nine record or eight and eight record just like the they did years ago. So and they ended up getting to the second round, almost the third round that year. That would have been crazy. So um, what else are we? Uh, let's let's pick up where we left off. To get to the Facebook page for Purple Mafia, go on Facebook, of course. Go into the search bar and click on, uh, well, type in Purple Mafia Minnesota Vikings Show and click on the one that says Company, not Group, and then click the big like button. It's that simple. More people have been coming in. Really appreciate you. Not sure if you're joining because you've been listening to the show or you're joining because maybe your Facebook friends have been joining. But regardless, if you're listening now, welcome. Welcome aboard. And Hope you had a good Thanksgiving and all that good stuff. We'll continue where we always leave off, where I say the new show is out, episode 202 in that case. And Tony Coleman saying, spoilers, haha. Thanks for the shout out and the gold star, my friend. Made for a great start to my workday. And you're very welcome, Tony. And thank you very much for many years of your of your loyalty and listenership of this show. God bless you, Mar- uh, Tony. Thank you very, very much. Mark Carlson out of Iowa saying, Downloading now. Thank you for putting in the OT, Mr. Palladino. I always do. <laughs> I always do. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to, right? Leland saying, makes the Monday work blues go better, especially after that game. Thanks, Joey. And thank you, Leland, very much. Really appreciate you. That's awesome to hear. He joined not that long ago, but maybe he's been listening for a while. Maybe comment on that if you can at some point on here, if, 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 you're, if you're up to it. <laughs> uh, Christian Ponder is a Denver Bronco. I posted about how he's working out with them, but you kind of figured he's going to sign with them. That's a 
surefire sign Peyton Manning is probably not going to be playing again this year. And indications are he wants to play next year. Um, okay, I, I don't know. I don't know. Best, best of luck to you, though. Mark Carlson saying, ha ha, that's desperation and a last gasp for help. Ha ha ha. <laughs> and Denver's, and yet, despite all the thoughts of Denver imploding, they're 9-2 and two and they beat the Patriots. Damn. Oh, I hate it. But again, if the Patriots are going to lose, better now than in January or February. Wink, wink. Unless it's to Minnesota, then that's perfectly fine. Yep, they, You know, the, yeah. <laughs> Watch me hate the Patriots for the rest of my life or whatever if we play each other in the Super Bowl, kind of like with the Saints years ago. I used to like the Saints. Can you believe that? Not a, yeah, I used to like him. Um, I mentioned that Purple Mafia is finally on Stitcher and only got a couple likes because everybody's busy with Thanksgiving because it was Wednesday. It was Wednesday night. Uh, something to be thankful for, though. But Wednesday night, the day before Thanksgiving, I'm sure most people were like, like not even looking at the internet at that time. And those of them that were, they just they didn't really seem to be focused on that. Um, the in-game thoughts. I might, I might banter around in there a little bit. This is getting kind of long, though, so... I might want to slow. I might not want to read too much. Sebastian was saying the play calling on third down is pitiful. Norv, eh. Norv is what is wrong with the team. Whoa, that's a pretty big statement. In some ways, yes. I I, I get tired of some of the short pass crap um, when you're like it's third and eleven and there's a short pass or something or a running play. Sometimes they're just being overly protective. They don't want to have a turnover and such. But yeah, it gets really old. Teddy Bridgewater can throw the ball. He can. He can throw the ball like a a nice little bullet to like the Kyle Rudolphs of the world and such. I guess you can't count on Mike Wallace on third down. I guess that's pretty evident. But Stefan Diggs, you can count on on third down. There's no doubt about it. Um, bouncing around a little bit, uh, debating if I should, nah, nah, nah. okay, I'll, uh, Brent Jacobson was saying, oh, Matt Ryan was bound to put up some points here, and yes, you would have thought so, you would have thought so, <laughs> he said, <laughs> you really would have, um, I, oh, I love, I love the way, I love what Brent was saying there, uh, signed, sealed, delivered, Tony Coleman, yep, he was saying, and then Brent posts up a beautiful standings, image of the standings, from his, uh, sprint phone there, saying, Beautiful sight to see the Vikings alone in first place. And yes, they are. Yes, they are. Gerald String was saying fourth, win in a row. Skull Zimmer and defense allowing only three points and one garbage touchdown in the end. That is insane. It, it really is. Do you, do you realize, you know, the, anybody that might be new to football, do you realize what an accomplishment that is? I mean, go ahead and say Atlanta's struggling. Of course they're struggling, but... Julio Jones, man, that guy gets like a million yards. I mean, again, if he, he's 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 a first round draft pick in a fantasy league. Uh, Brett McCarthy was saying wasn't the most pretty wasn't the most wasn't the most prettiest win. That's funny how you worded that, but I will take it. Skull Vikings, Yankees saying Vikings number one pick for the twenty for twenty sixteen is a kicker, and ah <laughs> uh, probably not, but you never know. <laughs> it's too bad that. Uh, that Blair Walsh is becoming more and more inconsistent, and Dave Hickey saying, "I would say O line hands down." Me too. Most most likely, uh, unless it's just not a very good farm thing, and, and maybe it's a, a meat and potatoes ish more than uh, it's like top heavy with the with the uh, the first round uh, draft pick potential with the O line. But then again, you'll be picking lower in the first round, so you might end up getting like a like like a Michael Orr type down there. I mean, that that's where Michael Orr was. He was he was down there. He wasn't fourth overall. <laughs> fourth overall. Who, who would take a left tackle fourth overall? <laughs> and who endorsed him for like four months on this show too? Mm. 
yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be me, damn it, post-game thoughts, uh, wasn't, a, yep, wasn't pretty, but a win, I'll take it, Brett McCarthy, Mark out of Iowa saying, I thought the flag crew were being, uh, were going to penalize our team to death again, and it looked like it early in that first half, especially, he says, also, I want to give number 55 big credit on a nomination for the Tarkenton Award, so proud of him. And he did get the Tarkenton Award, Mark. Yes, he did. Patrick Grant, welcome aboard, buddy. This AP was the man. Anthony Barr proved his worth to the D by creating that huge turnover. If they can play the tough teams as well as they played Atlanta today and not have to repeat, uh, not have a repeat of last week, it's going to be a fun finish of the season, without a doubt. And I think Patrick is a star candidate. Mm-hmm. Dave Hickey, also out of Iowa, saying a win is a win, no matter how ugly it is. I guess we can start calling Teddy a game manager because he wasn't too impressive and and too bad for me. I started him in fantasy. I just don't understand with how many receiving options we have. Norv is supposed to be a mastermind play caller. And anybody tell me why? My only thought is the O-line doesn't give Teddy enough time. Well, right there, you answered a lot of questions about the whole offense with Norv, Norv being a master... Uh, mastermind and all that, and Teddy being a game manager. Think about it, though. If the O-line sucks, the, uh, there might be nice plays developing, but it's too late, too bad. Teddy can't Teddy can't get anything done because he's, he has to rush. He has to run away or throw the ball away with, to avoid a sack before letting the play develop. That's the thing. It, it, the bad offensive line kind of kills everything. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, I don't even know, it's kind of like dropping a it's like making a beautiful, beautiful bowl of soup. Like the most valuable, the most wonderful, exquisite bowl of soup. And you just dropped a, you just dropped a soap uh, cake in there. You just dropped soap in the soup. It's over. It's over. That soup is done. Dump it out. Restart from the, from scratch. That's kind of the offensive line right now. So it's like, they're like the bunch of clumsy klutzes. They dropped soap in the soup. It's over, man. It's over. Game over. And you, yeah, you did sum it up in a big way. Uh, Dave was saying a win is a win, no matter how ugly it is. I guess we, uh, this is Dave Hickey, by the way. We can start calling Teddy a game. Okay. Oh, it's the same one. My bad. Uh, Gerald String was saying, I think losing Sully is, yep, the main problem. He was basically our blocking scheme play caller. Seems like now they have Teddy a little, a little gun shy. I guess they can't tell if he's not seeing open series, but I still hope North can coach Teddy up out of this a little bit and just hope the O-line could play a little bit better. I don't think we get Sully back until next year. No, nope. Sully's done. At least I hope he can come back. And Yeah, I hope so too. Dave Vicky was saying good thoughts. Yep, and Gerald's a star candidate, by the way. And I, I think Dave should be nominated as well. Uh, good thoughts. Every receiver we have our playmakers except CP, that being uh, Cordell Patterson, and probably Wallace. He, <laughs> yeah, he really hasn't done anything for us. I would rather see Thielen out there. He makes plays every time the ball goes his way. Wallace probably leads the team and drops. And CP is all about returns and nothing else. Yeah, that's really good right there. Really good uh, summing things up there. Thielen does make plays. It's funny how the the, the, the more limited talent, the more limited t- in talent receivers out there seem to be doing more. Uh, Stefan Diggs isn't limited, though. He was just limited in the draft for whatever reason. He didn't go high in the draft. That was awesome. Uh, awesome thoughts there overall. Um, yeah, it's crazy when you think of the talent. And yeah, Wallace is kind of like our James Jones right now. But it's not all Wallace's fault. I mean, Teddy's mis- misread him. So that, that's where you might call Teddy a game manager sometimes. 
it's a combination of stupid things, though. Like the offensive line making him hurry, maybe then he'll overthrow it because he's just rushing. He's not putting together a good pass. Uh, it's complicated and it sucks. Gerald says AP with another dagger run late in the fourth quarter. I think I think will prove to be a valuable commodity as we finish up finish up with four outside games, three at home, and payback week in Lambeau. Defense continues to hold teams. Yep, from big plays seems like a lot of penalties, but somehow we still manage to keep teams out of the end zone, except for second half last week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, overall, the Vikings defense has been phenomenal all year. Just that damn Green Bay game. Just that damn Green Bay game. The Packers finally were locked in, focused, ready to roar, and then the Bears tore them apart. (laughs) The Bears tore them apart. Um... It's funny, the Packers were looking so good against us, and then look look at that. It's back to that. Why couldn't they suck against us, too? I mean, they'd be totally done now. And Mike McCarthy's job is on the line, I think. And a lot of people would agree that Mike McCarthy could be in his final season as Green Bay Packers coach, despite the fact he's got a ring. But rings don't always guarantee your job for the rest of time. But then again, you know, we, we all know with Tom Coughlin, he, his job was, the, the Grim Reaper for the job was on the line every year for him, and he, he went up winning Super Bowls in those cases. Okay, I'm taking too long. Dave Vicky says, I'm telling you, for all our offensive struggles, rather, I mean, other than AP late in games, our defense is carrying this team. My hat goes off to the defense, and that's with several players missing up in the past few weeks. But like I said earlier, a win's a win. Team football, let's keep it going because we have a rough stretch coming up. A huge shout-out to the 12-0 Iowa Hawkeyes. They play true team football, and I like the Vikings. And and like the Vikings, they don't seem to get any respect. Skull, Gerald saying congrats on the Iowa season. I do follow the Cornhuskers a little bit and was just hoping for a good game. I don't really think the game was as close as the score, but they did okay. Good luck in postseason, that being Iowa. And yes, good luck to the Iowa Hawkeyes because the Gophers aren't going to make us forget about anybody as far as I'm concerned. I think that's it. Um, Not too many comments in there. There's kind of a lot of back and forth there. Mostly Dave Hickey and Gerald String. Those guys are going to get stars today. Um, Brent should get one too. That's the, the, yeah, they're probably going to, somebody's going to be sharing one somewhere. And then I was talking about new updates and such. Twitter, follow it at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. It's that simple as we'd like to get there. I wasn't very active again yesterday, and I do apologize. Just busy, you know? I I do apologize for that. It's one of those, it's how it goes type of things. As we wait for this damn thing to load, (laughs) it's just uh, how it goes. Here we go. Uh, Mad Martin was saying, where is he? He was there. D. Fry was saying, this is what it feels to be a Vikings fan, getting kicked in the ball. Whoa, look at you, Anthony and D. Fry, yep. Yep, mm, that was last week. Where is it? Yep, and yep, Anthony Carlson is saying I'm thankful for the Bears this Thanksgiving. He was t- telling D. Fry that wasn't that great. Yep, uh, Mar- uh, Dave Martin saying thank you for your kind words. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, and thanks for all the great podcasts, Skull. And I think I read that, but yeah, thank you very much. God bless you, Dave, very much. He said, just watch the Packers Bears games. How? Did we lose that game on Sunday? Better beat the Dirty Birds now. And that was for damn sure. Anthony again saying, Just saw a child in a Packers jersey. Anyone know the number for the Child Protective Services? Uh, Dave, Dave saying, uh, b- uh, This is Dave Martin out of Scotland saying, Bug, bug yet again, need to get the D going. But, but yet again, need to get the D going. Until a stupid, stupid penalty. Yep, mm, not much to cheer about so far. Should it be fourteen to three? Yep, 
outside of Pastor Diggs and those screen grasses, Teddy doesn't look good. I'm, I'm telling you though, uh, he's he he was sharper than he was sharper than he looked out there. But then again, maybe maybe not. Um, mm, that offensive line is killing him. Uh, Dave was wrapping things up here in the fan interaction, saying, "Too soon to call us champs, as in division champs. Good win. Now we need to beat the Sea Chickens because we will not win on the. Well, we will not win on road four days later. Spotlight, yeah, because that's yeah, that's not going to be easy. Yep, we're gonna yeah, go in those night games are not easy. That's going to be the sucky thing. Yep, great thoughts there, Dave Martin, without a doubt. And yeah, it is too early to call us division champions. I just hashtagged it for fun because it looks good right now. And it's more of a go team thing, as I was trying to try to tell him. Uh, ultimately, let's pass out the stars and wrap up the show. Uh, enough of my talking, right? <laughs> enough of my talking for the week. Some of you may like that, some of you may not. Gold Star is going to go to... Patrick Grant is going to get the gold star. Welcome aboard. And you're going to get a gold star. Really like the, the way you sum things up there. Dave Hickey is going to get a silver star. Actually, yeah, Dave Hickey and Brent Jacobson will get the silver star today with the, Brent Jacobson with a great effort, put, put, getting the calls in and such. Always always there for this show and, and uh, always nice things to say as well. Really, really appreciate you. Gerald String, another bronze for you. Lots and lots of stars for Gerald String. He's got a very big trophy case. <laughs> and so many good things, though, there. I mean, he almost, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like Gerald String could even get a gold star with the things he said was, was putting in there. It's just um, real happy to have uh, Patrick Grant on board and such, and Dave Hickey, really nice to have him back around. I mean, just love all you guys so much. Mark Carlson, all of you guys, just uh, love, love you all. Thank you for your participation, Brett McCarthy, all of you. Keep keep posting on there. People will get gold stars without a doubt. <laughs> Malcolm out there, yeah, miss you. He, he, he doesn't post as much as he used to. Always like hearing from him, though. Um, shout out to Anthony Batista if he's still listening. And, and uh, obviously Tony Coleman as well. I was very happy to give him a gold star last week. It was a nice birthday thing and a lot of good things to say about this show and, and such. Very loyal all that good stuff. want to thank all of you again for your listenership. Please do tell a friend. Give Purple Mafia a rating on iTunes. And hey, maybe if you have Stitcher and you don't have iTunes, rate Purple Mafia on Stitcher. Because, of course, we are on Stitcher now, which is wonderful. It opens the door to probably more of the Android crowd than, than before. Because maybe not everybody on Android is like uh, able to find an app that they like. But, the, but then there's Stitcher. <laughs> you know, now there's Stitcher, so it doesn't have to connect to iTunes anymore. Stitcher is its own entity, which is great. It's like another big, giant wing for podcasting. So proud to be on there. So give us a rating on there if you happen to have Stitcher. That would just only help this show so very much, especially being we're brand new on that one, even though I'm like 500 podcasts in already, 500-some in with all my shows. So it, it would help very much. Uh, enjoy the snow. Stay safe. Stay clean. It's going to be a little messy out there, and then it's going to warm up. I don't know what the point is. Just, just stay cool, damn it. I want, I want to have a white Christmas this year. Last year was a muddy mess. I, I'm not a fan. Come on, let's get some white. Let's get some white Christmas, damn it. None of you have to agree. <laughs> None of you have to agree. That's just my opinion. Uh, enjoy Christmas shopping if you if you like to do that, or just shop online or celebrate other holidays. Whatever you do. God bless you, and we'll be back next week with hopefully another victory, and this time over those damn Seahawks.